Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your host, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. Listen, we're glad you're joining us today. We hope that you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you continue to lead your students in ministry. Just a reminder, check us out on social media at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And check out our website, studentministryconversations.org. Today, we're going to hear a conversation that Brent had with Justin Knowles. Justin is the director of Kids and Youth at Sandals Church, which has campuses all over California. And uh, you may know him from youth specialties and other places, but Brent, what do y'all talk about today? Yeah, so today I sit down with Justin Knowles, and we talk about how to set up your volunteer leaders for winning Um, We talk about how you do that. We talk about the importance of it. And then we also talk about how you follow up with accountability and partnering with your leaders. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. Well, I am looking forward to this conversation, and I hope you are too. So without any further delay, here's Brent's conversation with Justin Knowles. All right. Hey, welcome back, guys. Today we have a, another episode of Student Ministry Conversations. Uh, today I'm sitting down with Justin Knowles. And um, if you've been in youth ministry for a while, you probably are familiar with that name. Justin's been around. He is a uh, collaborator and one of the uh, main high up people of Download Youth Ministry. I don't really know how to say that. But other than that, um, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, man. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what church you're at, anything else you want to share? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Appreciate that. Uh, Fellow podcaster as well. And so Youth Ministry Hacks, if you listen to that, we'll love if you cross, little cross reference here, little cross show action happening. Uh, But yeah, I've been, I'm in Southern California. I've been in youth ministry for the last 14 years, all in Southern California. And which some people go like, how do you do ministry in Southern California? Because all they hear about the crazy stuff on the news. And it's like, probably just how you do it, wherever you're at. Um, And I've been at, I'm at at Sandals Church. Been here for almost three years now. I'm the director of kids and youth. So I oversee birth to 18 years old across 14 campuses all in California, across California, which is pretty wild. And um, the kids part is new for me. So I'm still learning that um, aspect of it of working with those teams, but it's been so fun and challenging in all the best ways. And um, yeah, I, I'm still part of like Download Youth Ministry, kind of was around when it started, happened to be on the team with Josh there. And uh, I co-led a small group with Doug Fields for like two years, which is super fun and awesome and intimidating. And um, yeah, so student ministries kind of has my heart still. Haven't moved out of it. Still want to be a part of it. Um, Still do a lot of writing and and teaching and all that stuff along with it. Married for 10 years, two kids, five and two, both boys, both nuts. And um, I think that's it for now, maybe. Unless That's you awesome. want to dive into anything else. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no. I mean, the only thing I'll say is it. the only thing I'll say is, I mean, I I can't imagine the amount of workload that that could be, but at the same time, you have a really, really awesome um uh, opportunity there, uh, because you kind of get to mold the children ministry to kind of transition into the youth ministry that you're also running. Um, and I know that that is a um, big struggle with a lot of youth pastors across the country and across the world is children's ministry doesn't necessarily work with the youth ministry. So it feels like two separate things. And so you kind of have your hands in both. And so like you kind of get to tra- see that transition and make sure that the transition's smooth. And so that's super, super cool. Um, it is great. Yeah. And, and we have a great team too of people from both ends. I think the nice part about my role is right. I get to make sure it's all streamlined and there's the same language is used and same values are from beginning of life really, which is crazy to think about. And then into, you know, post, post high school um, yeah. and everything in between. So that's like, that's the fun part. Yeah, definitely. Well, and the cool thing about that is that kind of transitions into our conversation today and our conversation we've had, uh, I want to preface with this, 
we've had a conversation on this podcast already about volunteers. And so we will touch on volunteers a little bit more, but um, if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go back and listen to our episode with L Campbell. And we talk about volunteers and like recruiting them and bringing them into the picture and everything like that. And so we're sitting down with Justin today to talk about volunteers, but kind of talk in a different aspect of it. And it's talking about how um, to set up an environment to where um, leaders know when they're doing well and how mm-hmm. you enforce that as the leader, I guess. And so yep. um, first off, before we get too far into it, um, Justin, how would you define leaders winning? I would define it. So the way that we, I mean, I guess we could dive right on into it for us. I think the mistake that most people do, at least in like student ministry world, and I'd even say now that I've dabbled in kids, just in general, is not having just clear defined wins from you as a leader of what you're hoping to see in the ministries. And so most of the time, I feel, not most of the time, a lot, I don't want to overgeneralize, but what I've noticed is most people go like, yeah, come and serve, go hang out with kids. And then that's like the, 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 the win. Right. And that's so vague and so broad. And so like, what does that look like? Is it hang out with all the kids? Is it hang out with one kid? Is it like, what's, what's the, the, the environment that you're trying to set. And so for us, how, how to help like leaders know what a win is, is we have to first define what our wins are and make sure that they're clear, they're uh, concise and that there's a few of them (laughs) like what boiling it down to like, here's the main things that we want leaders to do. And if they do these things, we will see discipled kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, without going into too much detail, what are some of those wins for your group? Um, just so people have some like, practical examples. Yeah. Okay. So fun, fun little backstory of how we got to this point with our leaders was, you know, during the pandemic, like everybody, we had to adjust and figure out what the heck are we doing? Um, and during the time, there's like 29 weeks where we didn't meet in person and we're still trying to make small groups happen virtually or outside or, you know, in some way that allows leaders and students to get together in some way, shape or form. And what we noticed is across all of our different places is there were some leaders that were killing it. And there are some leaders that were struggling. And I had, uh, our, our youth pastors at our campuses, um, give a survey that I wrote just like a seven question survey of, and picking out some of their best leaders of leaders where their, their groups were still growing in a time where most of our groups were not. And I said, okay, what are the things that they're doing? We just wanted to find out what are the things that those groups are doing in this time that is allowing them to grow. And out of that survey came down to probably a total at that time, I think it was like around like 30, 35 leaders total that we like sent it out to. And all of them had like grown their groups or doubled their groups. And we're like, what in the heck is happening? And all of them came down to four things. And so basically what we did is, okay, well, if this is, if all of our best leaders are doing these four things, we want all of our leaders to to do these four things. And now we've kind of defined what the win was and little adjustments, little wordplay to kind of figure it and to make sure that it fits into like a a very memorable structure. Um, But that's like how we got it. And so we just took our best leaders, gave them a survey. This is what you do. And then, took all that information and then we came down with these four things because every leader did these things. And so in a quick, you want me to give like the quick one, the, like the quick versions of them and we could dive into whatever, however deep you want to. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, we call them the four F's. And so um, I wanted to call it how many F's have you given? Cause that would be really funny. And uh, <laughs> I think, you know, Hey, you've given zero F's this week. I need you to give four. And, and, but we thought internally, probably not the best. Uh, so we landed with the four F's and the four F's for us are faith conversation, follow-up, family connection, 
and what we call fellowship plus. And so the idea is that, so faith conversation uh, is the realization and oh, all of them come with a question and the, the goal for a leader to make it super simple is to say, I, I want you to answer yes to these four questions. And if you can answer yes to these four questions, that means you're winning as a leader this week. So super simple. And again, with accountability wise, anytime that you sit with the leader, you could ask them these questions and see if they're answered yes. And then you could determine, oh, wow, you're not doing what we need you to do. And so uh, faith conversation, we know that every, not every conversation is going to be about Jesus, but it's a miss if none of them are. And so we want to make sure that, hey, have you had a faithful, like a faith conversation with a student this week, with your students? Like has, you know, granted, hopefully, small group time is set up for that. But sometimes, you know, small groups, you go array and tangent and you maybe not Especially depending on the age. (laughs) Yes, you know. And so for, and we know that not every week is a successful small group. You know, like where we walk out of there going like, wow, that was really good. Sometimes we leave more defeated than we did coming in. And so the idea is that even throughout the week, so this is from like a Wednesday to Wednesday, have you had a faithful, like a faith conversation with your students? And so the answer there is like, yes. If the answer is yes, cool. One win. That's a very easy, tangible thing that you could go through all of your students and say, have I had a faith conversation about checking in where they're at? Um, So that's, that's number one. Second one is follow up. Follow-up is a huge one. Um, and the question that comes along with that is, have you followed up this week? And that could be, that's pretty broad. And so that could mean followed up with a new student, followed up with a, uh, a prayer request, follow up with a, a conversation that was had, follow up with a disciplinary action that was like maybe needed to happen, follow up with parents, like of conversation. So the idea is just like, hey, in your mind is Wednesdays is not just Wednesdays. It's beyond that. And that conversations need to continue to happen and connections need to continue to happen. So have you followed up this week? Okay, second one. Third one, family connection. Uh, I'll be honest with you, this is the one, we've been doing this for a year now. And this is the one this year where I was like, hey, gang, this is the one we suck at. And we need to like really nail this down for us is the idea is that the small group leader is the main like discipler of the student and they should be partnering with parents. And it's amazing to me how many parents and how many leaders don't know each other. Like just like they drop them off at state night by later or the small group leaders not being proactive and meeting the parent. And I'm like, that's a big miss. And so for us is the, the question that we ask there is, uh, have you made a family, one family connection this week? So I'm not asking you to connect with every family. It's just have you been intentional about reaching out to one of the people in your small group this week? And that could be as simple as, did you can you text the parents and say, hey, hey, how can I be praying for you guys this week? Or like if you haven't met them, meet them. <laughs> you know, like that's you're making a connection, especially for like middle school, right? Because they're they don't drive. And so like go out into the parking lot and stand in the parking lot until you meet every kid that gets dropped off for your small group. Like that's where I would start. Right. And so that's number three. And then number four for us is uh, fellowship plus. And the idea is that Wednesdays is not our only time that we should be making connections. And so it's, are you, are you fellowshipping outside of Wednesday nights? And so have you connected with any of your students outside of Wednesday in some capacity, either digitally or physically? Either one, it's fine. But are you like interacting throughout the week, not just on Wednesdays? And so if the answer is yes, there you go. And so those are the wins. Those are our simplified, hey, do you know if you're winning? And this is, again, every small group that we're doing these four things really, really well, we just saw growth and amazing things come from that. In a time where it was crazy and where we didn't see any growth happening anywhere else besides our small groups. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think you bring up all those, but in all reality, I know, I know there's quite a few churches out there with youth pastors that are like, Oh yeah, I should probably be doing those too. And so it doesn't even necessarily kind of stop at the volunteer um, because there are the small churches out there that don't have many volunteers and it's up to the youth pastor. Um, And so if you're in that boat, those questions follow up just as well for you as um, the volunteers in your group. Um, And so 
man, those are, those are really good questions. I'm like, you're talking about those and I'm like reevaluating and reassessing like, okay, well, we kind of touched on that one, but oh man, we haven't, we don't really have that as like a focus point. And now I'm like, what do we need to do in our group to like make this happen? Um, Well, like the nice part is that you could, you could tell, like, I mean, not everybody likes the idea of a scorecard, but you could tell if your leaders are doing what they need to be doing. Yeah. By if they're, if they're by answering yes or no to these questions and you can say, wow, you're giving 50%, which is like, obviously not a fun conversation, but you're like, man, you're missing out on 50% of what, like what we consider a win for you here. Yeah. How can we get you to a hundred? And it's just a good accountability. Sure. For that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that kind of transitions good into the next question of um, you've talked about what your wins are, but like, as you as a leader, um, I guess this is a twofold question. You as a leader first, and then as a volunteer that is in your program, um, what is the benefit of setting up this environment? What's the importance behind setting up an environment that celebrates leaders doing or celebrating leaders winning? Well, I think, I mean, naturally everybody wants to win. I don't think anybody wakes up today and says like, oh, I just feel like not doing well in wherever I'm going in life, right? And so I think when when leaders come in and they have clear defined wins, one, they know what they're signing up for. Like they know the commitment that comes along with it. Two is that they know that we are serious about these things and that it's probably comes along with it that the accountability and expectation comes along with it because they're so clearly defined. And then three is, I mean, I think leaders, when they do these things in reality, we get a front row seat to life change that when they're doing it, they they're like, this is how you actively disciple students is, I mean, yes, you haven't, you're having faith conversations, you're following up in like with important things that are happening. You're connecting with the family because we believe family you know, parents are the main discipler of their kids. We are a supplement and partner with them. And so we should be knowing who our the parents are. And then we should like relationships. If you don't have a relationship outside of Wednesday nights, I mean, you're just cutting, you're cutting yourself off at the knees in regards to discipleship with students. And so just knowing like those things as a leader, and then for, for them to know that I I'm winning, like, I know that I'm doing well because it's clearly defined. Like that's just, it allows them to be to do well in the ministry because they know how to do well. It's not a guessing game. I think I'm doing well. Like I think I'm discipling well. I think I'm I'm doing what the youth pastor wants me to do. But in reality, it's like no, no. It's it's, it's clear. Here I go. Boom, boom, boom. This is how I win. And I, I think that that does something because at that point, you're you as a leader, you're not really babysitting because right, like a lot of I, what I feel most of the time is we just get warm bodies like who could serve who has time but in reality is that if they're just not if they're no no one's moving then is your ministry really winning yeah you have a good ratio but if they're not doing anything intentional about their time then is that really winning and so now like when they come in they know boom i know i should be doing this i know i should be doing this i should be following up with this i should be at proactively going in my in my time here and discipling these kids by this, 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 and this. Well, and I think that kind of goes, I think it's great for two different reasons. First off, like any job that you have, there's like these set expectations of this is what you're expected to do. And so, like you said, with that, like it gives them the groundwork of like, Hey, almost like a, did I do this this week? Did I do this week this week? But then also, um, like, I think that that just continues to build like um, ambition and motivation for like being there. Um, because like you said, with warm bodies, the, the, the biggest problem that I've had with warm body volunteers, and I think every youth pastors had them. Um, I think the problem with warm body volunteers is they come for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And then they're like, well, I mean, am I really needed? Um, mm-hmm. am I really like supposed to be here? Like, it looks like they could do everything without me. I mean, like, youth pastors up there giving the lesson. I mean, I ask a couple questions maybe at the end and like, I, I think I don't, I don't really 
feel like I'm that piece that is missing. Um, and so I think that that brings a lot of value to just the morale of your leaders too. Um, so it, it works on both sides. It gives you a clear way to, I guess, kind of scale the, um, effectiveness of your leaders, but then it also gives leaders buy-in and it gives them reason and motivation to be there. Like you said, that's awesome. Yeah. It gives them like purpose. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is why I'm here Yeah, I'm to do these things. And it's helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously, um, there are tons of, um, different things and different factors that go into making this effective. But I think one of the things that has to happen with your volunteers, um, whether it be a new volunteer or whether it be an old one, um, how do you go about casting the vision of saying like, Hey, here is your grading scale more or less, so to speak, like, how do you cast the vision and get volunteers behind that method? Like when you're introducing it for the first time? Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, this might be a, a context thing, at least for me. Right. And I, I'm trying to like, I want to relate it to like, okay, I, I understand not everybody has a staff, right. That, and everybody's more so they like, you're the staff person and you're talking to a group of volunteers to get them on board with what we're doing. I think the way that my mind works and the way that we kind of process it, like, Hey, we looked, you know, if I were to pitch this to you, Hey, we took some of our, our best leaders and we saw what was working and we saw that group was continuing to grow and they were effectively discipling students in this way. And we asked them what they were doing and we took the data we have, you know, and we, I made pie charts and graphs and said, look at all the things that we did to show you that this is proven that this has been working in our ministry. And then to be able to say like, you know, the whole thing about casting visions that I've learned that not everybody knows how to do, like you have to like practice it, right? Like you have to like, okay, what do you do? It's like, what, this is what could be. Could you imagine if every single leader was intentional about having a faith conversation in order to push a student, you know, to challenge a student, to, to talk about the things like if every single one of our leaders were to have a conversation with our students in this way, that was so intentional, our ministry would change. Students' lives would change even more so. Like, could you imagine what it would look like if every single first time student that came, they were followed up with intentionality and were invited back multiple times because that leader cares for them? because they were willing to spend some time to follow up with them, call them, meet up with them. Could you imagine what would happen if we were to really partner with parents, right? To like where you as a small group leader are invited into the home of your kids and go to dinner with your kid's family. And you got to baptize your students rather than the youth pastor, because you're the one that's invited. Like, like that's just that's the goal painting right? the picture for us. i mean yeah and then like for fellowship like we we don't want to just be a wednesday night thing where this is what they do on wednesday nights and beyond is we we could you like we could have relationships that grow beyond when they graduate with when they don't graduate our ministry they graduate church because they're invested in the people of the church that are already attending in the groups that they've been a part of for years. And so when we see what this is, what fruitful people do and what fruitful groups are doing, man, the, the potential there, when we're super intentional about these four things, the possibilities of our ministry, like it's going to change of like how we're effectively operating. And the nice part is I could say like, yeah, it has, we've been, you know, this has been something for a, a little over a year now. And it's like, when people understand this and they get it and they're like, oh, this makes sense and they start to do it and we keep them accountable to it and we challenge them when they don't do it. Yeah. When they start, when they start to do it, they, there's literal like, they go, oh, this is, this works. This, this is, this is how I disciple through relationships in yeah. that sense. And so, so, so to take it all kind of like recap it of like, we, we did the, we did the research we presented it in a way that made sense. And then to say, could you like, can we imagine that this is, if every leader did this and got this, that it would, this is how like Jesus discipled his people. Like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And we've seen the proof that this works. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really, I mean, I feel like 
you could go so much more into uh, like elaboration on like graduating into church as in like, it's not just like you're done with the youth ministry and then you leave. It's like, Hey, like you have so many people pouring into you from the church as a whole to where like, you still feel like your family, um, even when you technically graduate, um, not only would that be, and that would, yeah, that not only does it do great things for the leader, but hopefully also for the student, because then you're looking at the mindset of like students find that people are invested in them and they've made friends with adults. And so when they get out of the group and they go to college in, especially if when you're in smaller towns, it doesn't necessarily work like this, but when you're in um, towns that are my size or a little bit, uh, bigger. No, we have three private universities in our town. And so for the kids that come to, or like that stay in town to go to college, then it's like, Oh, well, like, I still want to be a part of this. I still want to be at this church because these people have already poured out, um, their lives for me. Like I'm involved. I'm a part, uh, I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of these, uh, group leaders lives and stuff like that. And it just, I mean, ultimately student buy-in leader buy-in everything. It seems like it's an awesome, um, perspective to do. And then something else that I've noticed with that. And this is one of the things that I brought up with, uh, my conversation with L, um, in our episode is it seems like once you cast a good enough vision and it seems like what you did is a, a tremendous vision of painting that picture once you get the first couple leaders to where that picture is painted super clearly, you have the best PR agency ever um, because those volunteers now are going to go out and say, Hey, you need to be a part of this. Yeah. Because I mean, people invite people invite other people into what they're excited about. Yeah. Think about anything in life. If something's exciting is happening, what first thing that you do is you invite people to say, come, you got to check this out. Hey, look at this video. Hey, look at this yeah. thing. Like something that you get excited about, you invite, you naturally do it. And so, yeah, it does become, it's, it's one of the best recruiting tools that you could have is a, a good winning, clear culture of yeah. like, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I, someone told me one time that no one goes to the new movie alone. Like when right. there's a movie that's pumped, like everybody's pumped up about, you're like, Hey, do you want to go? You want to go? You want to go? Like, and eventually it's like a whole group of people heading that way. And I definitely noticed that, um, over volunteer teams that I've had in the, uh, my couple ministries that I've been a part of. And it's just, um, the engagement level, um, like those, those leaders that have bought in so much, um, to the program to where they're starting to recruit for you. Like they are your do or die leaders that are there thick and thin, whether they have a great day or a terrible day. And even when you're doing your part of like being there for them and saying, Hey, like, are you like, are you doing okay? Like, I know you've had a rough patch in your, uh, in like your private life, like everything like that. Cause I mean, everybody like, especially nowadays with people losing jobs and COVID and illness and everything else, a lot of people have had rough patches. And so then you start asking those volunteers of like, Hey, do you need, or like, is it time for you to kind of take a break? And they're like, no, like I can't live without this. <laughs> like, this is like one of the things that I look forward to the most out of my week. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a super awesome thing. I think it's a really, really important. Um, and man, when you cast that vision, vision, I, I think more than anything that I've noticed, um, cause like you said, it's something you learn, like you, you, you're not just great at casting vision the first time you do it because you have all these grandiose ideas, but it's like, you're throwing splotches of paint against the wall and hoping that something beautiful comes out of it. And you have the master image like in your brain, but getting it out to everybody else is tough. Um, our part is articulating it in a clear way to get yeah. people excited yeah. about it. Otherwise you just sound like a madman just rambling about all the, all the things that you want to do, but you, you, you can't get people to rally behind it. Yeah. And so, um, man, like, like I said, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go back and reevaluate like how our volunteer check-in systems work. 
um, because that was really, really good. Um, and so, man, I, I definitely don't want to throw you, um, out of having anything else to say. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to kind of elaborate on or touch on, um, as far as what we've said, I know, um, having that time of having those defined wins is important. Um, I just want to make sure that you have (laughs) the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, is you could have as many wins as you want and as good as they are, but it means nothing without accountability. And I think that's the other part that I don't think a lot of, I don't hear a lot of people talking about is like, well, how do you keep people accountable to what those wins are? So you could, you could have all the, the clearest, most defined wins that there is. But then if you're like, not if someone's not doing them and then you just never talk about it again and you just assume that they're doing it, then what, what are we doing? What's yeah. what's happening? How do we, how do we, we say that we value this, but we we're not willing to like stand up and have an awkward conversation about it. And so for me, the way that we kind of do that in our ministry, both for kids and for youth um, is there's, there's three things that kind of, there's three types of meetings that I challenge our teams to have. In, in regards to accountability and checking in with people. Um, number one, it's more formal. So it's like what I call, it's our connect weekly. And so like the idea is that you are to connect with a couple leaders one-on-one, face-to-face, ideally. Worst comes to worst phone call. And the idea is that you meet with every single leader once every four to six weeks, depending on how many leaders you have. Like where you sit down with them and you ask them three questions. How are you as a person? because I care for you as a person and not an object in my ministry to do what I need you to do. Um, and if we get to the other two, cool. But like, we'll start there. Um, the second question is how, how is your ministry? And so like allowing them to speak into like how they're leading and their small group and, you know, just hear them out. And then number three is what can I do to make what you do better? And so it allows that like, there's a built-in feedback system for you as a leader, which if you're not humble, and you're not willing to hear the feedback, then this is going to hurt you a little bit, right? And so it just allows some feedback and conversations. And in those meetings, what I'm listening for is the four Fs, right? I'm listening to like, as they're talking about their ministry and what they're doing, I'm listening and I'll ask maybe some pointed questions within. They're like, oh, what's the last time? Like, tell me, almost kind of like with an expectation. Oh, tell me the time that... uh, you know, in the last couple couple of weeks that you had a, a really good faith conversation. Uh, 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 you know, and if there's nothing, and then the, the question comes with like, well, like what kind of conversations are you having? I mean, our, our goal is to have conversations about our curriculum or the lesson or whatever. Our goal is to point it back to Jesus, right? And so it allows some, some pushing and some, and some coaching in those seasons and reminder you know, hey, our when's you know when's the last time your group hung out? Uh, well, actually, we went bowling last Saturday because most of the time we don't know, right? So I'm just assuming that they are, and even even that language is like, hey, this is an expectation. Like, and if they don't have it, then it's like, hey, remember, like our, one of our wins is you should be hanging out with your groups, like making connection outside. Of, so it just allows a very personal one-on-one conversation. Um, the second meeting is what we call gather monthly. And so the idea is that, you know, for a lot of our campuses, they do like the last Wednesday of the month, all the leaders go to like in and out. Um, side note, not everybody has in and out. I feel sorry for you. I'm praying for you. And if you think five guys or Whataburger is way better than any of those two, you're, you're high is what I'm going to say. And so I'll just gonna throw it out there. Let's cause some controversy on the podcast. I've, I've had all three and you're dead wrong, sir. And you're so dead wrong. it's all right. You're, 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 you're on something. And so it's, uh, <laughs> so they'll go to like in and out after service or something and natural conversation. There's no agenda in those meetings. The idea is just to get your people around other leaders with a not agenda. Cause when they're on Wednesday nights, we don't want them to hang out with each other because they should be hanging out with the students. But the idea is that you're, you're gathering your leaders just for like some fun, no agenda. But what happens naturally is that shop talk is going to happen. And leaders are going to be talking about groups and they're going to be hearing about other leaders and what they do. And they're going to be challenged or convicted that they're not doing certain things that other groups are doing. And so it just it, it's like kind of like 
a very informal peer coaching that kind of happens naturally, like over time. And, and it just, it uh, creates like camaraderie and, you know, food after service together with no students is great. Um, so there's that. And then there's uh, what we do quarterly trainings. And so these are like our like super formal, Hey, this Sunday, one o'clock, we're going to have lunch. And most of the time, what they'll do is they'll focus on one of the, the F's. Like they'll say, Hey, I've noticed at our campus, we have not been doing this well. And so we're going to dive into this particular win and challenge our campus to focus on these things. So again, it's just reinforcing and it's, it's three different settings, all with the same goal of this is how you keep accountability and coaching among like the wins that go along with it. So connect weekly, gather monthly, train quarterly. Yeah. And I can see, uh, I just visualizing, I'm sure a couple people listening to this are like, man, I, I mean, like I only have five volunteers, like, but I can't like, well, how am I going to meet with all of them with all of their own product, like all of their own family schedules and everything like that? Like, how do, how do I make the time to do like all of my volunteers in a month? And what I would say the easiest thing, and this is what I do with our volunteers in my group. And I granted, it's one of those things that I need to get better at doing it, um, methodically, um, to where like, it's just one of the scheduled things that I do. Um, and I don't plan it as much as I should, but everybody will eat lunch. Um, and so go out, you have to take your leader lunch. Um, if your leader is a school teacher, bring them lunch. Um, like, because there is no teacher that's going to turn down fast food over a cafeteria meal. Um, and then other than that, like just work with their schedule, do what they can do. Um, if you were in a town with college kids and you have college kids as your leaders, um, what college kid doesn't want a free meal? Um, do your best to um, spot people that need it. Do your best to meet on their own time um, because that yeah. shows that you respect what they're doing. Um, you yeah. respect them and you respect uh, what they're giving um of their time for your group. And so you can respect their time and meet when they can. Well, yeah, I mean, time is currency in ministry world and volunteerism. And so time with the people that are doing the ministry at your campus, at your church is like, that's how you do it. And I mean, I would say that if you're like, how do I do that? I think that's the wrong question. I think the question is not, how do I do it? Because I think it, it needs to be baked into like, this is an expectation of me as a leader. Like I'm going to, I'm going to find time Man, that's spend, good. to spend with my leaders because the truth is everyone's busy. Sure. But like, I think we could be strategic in how we do it. You know, like you just gave a couple of examples, a couple of things that came to my mind was I, like what I would do is I would, you know, knowing that most people work and it's after five o'clock, I would intentionally work later once a month and post up at a Starbucks from like five to seven and just allow leaders to come anytime in between then. And so that way it's on their terms. It's after work and I'm still working. I just came in a little bit later, did that. Um, I would do, um, I would, there's an app called Calendy and it's a it's a website and that was a super game changer for me is i put in my pre-scheduled like it works off your calendar and you could say hey on tuesdays and thursdays is when i meet with leaders and all i and i would send it to all of the leaders and i will allow them to populate my calendar and say hey in the next you know couple of weeks you we are going to meet you tell me when you can meet according to this and they don't need like i said it but it's just, it, it only shows them what, what's available. And so you could block off certain things if you need it. That's a big, that's a big game changer. And then three Sundays, like for me, we didn't have ministry on Sundays, like student ministry and everybody goes to church. And if they don't, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but they're there on Sunday. So I would be super intentional with my time before in between and after service to make that connection. Uh, if for whatever reason during the week they were not available, I'd be like, cool, let's meet up on a Sunday uh, for like 15 minutes before or after. Can you come a little bit early or stay a little bit after? And that was super helpful. No, I think um, 
Yeah. I mean, and you're doing, you're doing exactly what should be done. I mean, well, if it, you think about, think about our, the four wins. Okay. Yeah. For me as a leader, I am doing the four wins with them. Yeah. And I'm modeling yeah. what they should be doing with students. So yeah. I'm following up with them. I'm spending time with them outside of our ministry. I'm trying to get to know their families and make the family connections. I'm having conversations about their faith also, yeah. you know? And so we're, we're as leaders, like if we're not like the, the, that's why the question of, well, how am I going to meet with all of our leaders? Like my question is how can you not meet with your leaders and not have yeah. that be a part of the expectation because we're modeling our wins to them by meeting with them and following and doing all those things yeah. with them, man. No, exactly. That's gosh, that's dead on. Um, such a, such a good way to flip the script on that is because we do need to be investing in our leaders. Um, and quite frankly, if you're not, um, and I mean, some people don't, um, there are a lot of youth pastors out there that just expect their leaders to show up and do their job and go home and we'll see you next week. Kind of thing like that. But this is a, this is an opportunity for you to step up and be like, Hey, this is something I need to work on. This is something that I need to, um, kind of get my feet wet and really, really dive in on the fact that like, I am here for them so they can be there for my students. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you support your leaders, you will have better leaders. Um, and if you support your leaders, families, they will be more on point and they will be more focused when they're there. Um, because they're not worried about everything else going on in their lives and stuff like that. If you spend time with them, it gives them opportunities to, um, have someone to even share about those things. Um, I mean, like when you have the leader that's like, yeah, I'm about to quit my job, um, because my boss is awful. Like I can't, I can't do it. And like, you have that moment to where they can share with you and you can have that conversation and you can minister to them it gives them more open space later so they can go minister um, to their students in the long run. And mm-hmm. so you don't have the volunteer that's like, well, life is terrible. Like <laughs> I lost my job this week and yeah, everything you're like pa- that. You're pastoring them while they're pastoring their students. I think exactly. that's, like the, that's the part of this, the accountability part. It's not, hey, do your stuff. I'm making sure that you do all your things. It's where as leaders are modeling what we want them to do and pastoring them, how we want them to pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Leaders lead leaders. Well, I mean, this is, it's a bold thing. I I would say that for most youth pastors, I would say you probably should spend more time with your leaders than you do with students. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's like, I know people are like, no, I'm in it for student ministry, but yeah. But once you get to a certain point, I get, doesn't mean that you don't hang out with students. Like I, I would still say yes if they invited me somewhere. Yeah. But you know, if I had the the choice to hang out with a a leader, yeah, I would do that. I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, not only leaders, like especially as I think as you, um, especially as I, I mean, I'm in my twelfth year of youth ministry now. Um, and one of the things that I have definitely seen a kind of shift in my mindset and focus on is not only do I spend more time with the volunteers, but also spend more time with parents. Um, Mm -hmm. and parents are just as much a part of the student ministry as the students are. So don't definitely don't forget that you need to spend at, I would say at least 50, 50 parent volunteer against students, if not more like 60, 40, um, Mm. or more than that, just for the sake of your parents are the lifeblood behind your group. They are the ones that ultimately have the yay or nay on your, their kids coming and being a part of that program. Um, and so keep them informed, keep them engaged. Same thing with your volunteers. Great, great stuff. Um, so other than that, man, I, uh, outside of this conversation, do you have any resources or anything that you'd point them to? I mean, obviously download youth ministry has a bunch of resources for volunteers and everything like that. Um, and then, uh, uh, it's kind of hard not to mention DYMU if you're a membership, uh, subscriber for DYM, cause they have a lot of great content on there, but anything else that you want to throw out there? Um, I mean, 
do a little self-promotion. You know, Youth Ministry Hacks podcast is the one that I run. And if you like what you heard today, I talk a lot about that, a different whole bunch of different things about what we do in our ministry. Um, and it helps to help other people. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, Andy Stanley, <laughs> he does a lot of like vision casting and um, like goals, like kind of talks on YouTube and catalysts would be like the ones that I would say, I think would, would that's how I kind of, I listen to how he does it. Cause I think he's one of the best at being clear and precise um, in there. And then other resources. And I mean, it can be both sides. It can be like, like the like resources on actually ministering to the leaders or resources for the leaders either way. Um, but yeah, Andy Stanley's a fantastic, um, resource. He, he is one of the most clear and concise speakers, um, definitely of the past couple decades. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would probably say like, what would it look like for you to take a survey of your leaders and see where, where they're at in regards to like, if you want to see where you need to grow, well, one for you as a leader, ask them, um, and give them an opportunity for feedback, um, of what could be better and how it could be communicated. And then two, like maybe you don't do all of your leaders, but if you see a couple of them, and it doesn't have to be as formal as like a, you know, Google survey or whatever, but just to like ask them, Hey, I see that your group is just thriving. What are you doing? And then finding out a way, like if you're having trouble finding out like what are your wins is, well, what's working and what do you value? And then the, the, I think the biggest question that we have to wrestle with, and again, this is, it's not an answer. This is just more of like a, a thought process would be, and it's a great resource because we've been wrestling with this is does what I say I value match with how I'm programming my service? Like we say that I, we value small groups, but we only allow 10 minutes for small groups. Do yeah. I really value small groups? Do yeah. I really value the leaders in the small groups? Sure. And so, and it's just a question we've been like wrestling with and we changed our model because of that question of like, well, we say we might like, and that's a question like, what, what, would, what would you as a leader say that you value? And then ask your leaders the same question and then see if it matches. And then because yeah. if they don't, then maybe we need to think through like, oh, wow, we need to change or kind of go or be clear in our wins or clear in our values or clear, yeah. clear in our, you know, what we do. And I think that's like something too, that's been, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's been on my mind is does what we say we value match with what we're doing programmatically? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about it and uh, actually my last episode with Keith Parker, we talked about having the holistic, like 30,000 view of your ministry and like, does everything you do kind of like match the mindset of your vision and your focus? Um, and if it doesn't like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like there's, you need yeah, to get just on the same muddy. page. Just means it's muddy. And yeah. like people are not on the same page and in, in going in the same direction. It's like, you're, you're on a, like a big bicycle with all these different wheels and all the tires are going different directions. And what you have to do is individually go to every leader and turn the tire to the same direction and making sure that yeah. you're, you're going cause you could go way faster you know, yeah. in, the, no. in that sense when everybody's going hundred percent. So other than that, Justin, uh, once again, thank you for being on the show. Um, we've, uh, definitely, um, appreciate all that you've done for just youth ministry as a whole, um, with youth ministry hacks, your involvement in download youth ministry and everything else that you do. Um, how can people connect with you on social media? Um, any shameless plugs you want to throw out there, youth ministry hacks. Um, yeah. but let me just, how can people connect with you? Yeah. I, people hit me up all the time. Like, you know, Facebook messenger is great. Uh, Justin three is Instagram. If you want to, uh, hit me up on there too, or just kind of see what we're doing at Sandals Youth is our youth ministry Instagram. If you could kind of see kind of like the bigger picture of what we're doing there. Um, and yeah, nothing on Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool, so I don't go on there. And uh, so I got off of that. But other than that, those are the best ways. Um, you can feel free to reach out. Any questions, we'd love to connect. Um, yeah, if, and any listeners, I've been talking to a lot of people about multi-site stuff which I've found that so many more people are getting into it and there's very, very few resources about it. And so that's been a really fun conversation to be diving into 
in a more structured way. So, yeah. And in all honesty, that might be a conversation that we have on this podcast down the road that we might ask you to come back for. Um, because I think that's definitely something that not everybody deals with. Um, but there are more and more churches that are branching out and doing multi-site. Uh, we have a couple, I'd say even in our town of, uh, 120-ish thousand people, I think we have three or four multi-site churches. Um, and so yeah, I did a survey on the Facebook group for DYM and half of the responses says that they are multi-site. That's crazy. So, like a ton of people are like single site, but out of, out of all of the, I think there was like 350 responses, half of them were multi-site and I'm like, wow, this is way, way more than I thought. And then yeah, even no more lie. so going into like, well, we're considering going multi-site in the next year or two. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's dive into that make that happen oh, yeah no that's so awesome fun. well sweet man thank you for being on the show thank you um podcast listeners for listening thank um, you. you you guys are awesome um Justin, leave a review yeah you're awesome yeah leave <laughs> we would love reviews in all seriousness um so whatever platform you listen to us on reviews help us out a lot we say that in our intro and outro um for episodes but in all seriousness like more people find out about us we don't do paid advertising or anything like we don't put um any of that other than word of mouth into our advertising so if you like what we're doing um be sure to share it so other people get out there and um hear it um if there's an episode that you think someone else would like really benefit from tag them tag us at talk student men um and man we'd love to uh continue the conversation outside of the podcast so with that being said it is time for us to head out justin thank you again and we'll see y'all next week thank you well, that was so good to hear Justin share about youth ministry. And I love what he talked about when he talked about having those goals and those that accountability so that you know what your wins are. Um, and uh, so one of our wins is bringing you some of the best content and best conversations that we can. And so we are so thankful you joined us and we hope that you found something that you can use as you continue to pour into the lives of your students. Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, we would ask that you leave a comment and a rating on whatever platform you're listening to this on. We would appreciate that so much as it helps us get the word out about our podcast. Um, so other youth pastors just like you can check out the um, episodes and find meaningful conversations for them as well. Um, also, maybe you know someone who would benefit from this conversation. Take a moment, share this with them on social media, tag them, and then also tag us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also support us financially by doing monthly sponsorships. And then also you can buy our merchandise from our store at studentministryconversations.org. Now, Russell, you have next week's episode. What do we have in store for the podcast next week? Yeah. Next week, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Kate Boyd. And Kate is a seminary student. She's a communications director. Uh, she's an Enneagram 5, uh, like me. And after growing up in the church here in the United States, she spent several years overseas with the missions organization. Um, and she really saw how different people live out their faith in a variety of different ways and different cultures. And so through our conversation, she talks about the effect that had on her. And then we talk about how to help students develop their faith, uh, the role of doubt in faith development, the importance of true community and what that looks like and much, much more. So it's a great conversation. We cover a bunch of different topics um, and I hope that you will join us for that. Man, that sounds exciting. I can't wait to hear the conversation next week. Just a reminder, be sure to go to studentministryconversations.org for show notes and links from this episode. Just search for this week's episode number in the search bar. We also have other helpful articles and blog posts as well. Um, again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next week.